Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode 7, Tuesday night, September 25th. And on this episode, I will recap the main storylines and takeaways from the weekend. I'll give you a little legal update on where things stand in the process of legalizing sports betting nationwide. And then we will jump right to our first ever guest on the pod, as a man by the name of Danimal will join us. Wow, winning! So if you listened to the podcast last week and followed along, then congratulations to you. We had another unreal great weekend on Podcast Plays. And after it was all said and done, it was yet another winning week in both college and the NFL. Doggy Juice went up 0.125 units in college football after adjusting for VIG and up 8.925 units in NFL Week 3. And I realize we've been hitting at an 85% clip on the plays given out on this podcast so far, which is completely unsustainable at that rate. I can't wait for the haters to come out when I finally have a losing week. But we're just going to stick to the process. We're going to keep plugging along and just keep getting after it because we're seeing the ball well right now. In terms of the Doggy Juice Challenge, there were no winners this week, but we did have a double in the participation, which is great. Uh, More people joined this past weekend, and I'm hoping that more even join this next week. Just as a reminder, on Thursdays in the afternoon, I will post the Super Contest lines for the variation of the NFL Super Contest that I play in. I'll post those on Twitter or Instagram at Doggy Juice in the afternoon. And all you have to do is just send me your top five plays against the spread based off those lines by Sunday noon kickoff, along with your Monday night football tiebreaker uh, for the total score, just in case more than one guy goes 5-0 and or lady. And if you do it, if you go 5-0, and I'll Venmo you 25 bucks. It's as simple as that. All you got to do is just send me the plays via direct message, text, email, or post them on my Twitter or Instagram. It's that easy. So moving on to the... Storylines and takeaways from the weekend. Starting with college football, all I have to say is it's all about Alabama. They were about plus 125 to plus 150 last week to win it all, and now you're seeing minus 225, minus 250, and that's all in one week. And in a week when they were 24 to 26 point favorites to win anyway, so I don't know what really people saw to move the market that much just in one week. But if you were able to get on Alabama at a plus price last week, like I gave out on the podcast, you're sitting pretty right now based off where the market's pricing everything. Uh, we saw more college shenanigans last weekend. The way that Oregon blew that game at home against Stanford was probably the worst beat of the entire season in NFL or college. I'm going to go that far. I'm going to go so far as to say that's going to be the worst bad beat for anybody who backed Oregon in that game. Another bad beat that went down actually happened at a game that I was at, the Iowa-Wisconsin game in Iowa City on Saturday night. The bad beat happened on the total, on the under. Got the under at 44, which is actually a play I gave it on the podcast last week. And it was looking good all game. Iowa was up at the end. And Wisconsin had to travel 90 yards down the field to get the game-winning touchdown. That put the total at 38 with barely any time left. And sure enough, Wisconsin, instead of kneeling it out, running out the clock, they broke one for a touchdown at the very end to put the total at 45. So that was a tough beat there. And it was tough watching Iowa lose the game and blow it like that. But I really had a fun time at the game. I, I truly believe that 
not much beats Iowa City, a game at Kinnick Stadium on a Saturday night, national TV night game like that. The atmosphere was incredible. So it was a really fun time. And and also shout out to all the Iowa people who I told about this podcast. Um, if you're listening, hello. Thank you for listening. Moving on to the NFL. Oh my gosh, is all I have to say. <laughs> Underdogs winning outright was the story of the weekend. We had our biggest upset in the NFL since 1995. 17, 16 and a half point dogs. The Buffalo Bills beat the Minnesota Vikings. Not only did they beat the Vikings, they beat them by 21 points. And it makes you wonder, how much would you have lost if someone wanted to bet you that the Bills would beat the Vikings by 21 points in Minnesota last weekend? Just think about that for a second. And when you do think about that, remind yourself that in this sports betting game that we're doing, this entire thing, crazy shit like that does happen. There are no locks. There are no sure things. I would have said that the Vikings winning this game straight up was as sure of a lock as you can get. It's going to be the biggest spread we're going to see all year in the NFL. And they lost the game. And not only did they lose it, they lost it by three touchdowns. So always remember that. If you're still alive in your survivor pool after this week, then you probably suck at survivor. Because <laughs> so, we saw other heavy favorites lose outright this past weekend. So the NFL was a crazy thing, and we all have to keep that in mind as we move forward. These guys are all professional players, and if you don't take a game seriously, you're going to get your ass beat. All right, moving on really quickly to a legal update on the future of sports betting in America, as promised at the beginning of the episode. There is a federal hearing on sports betting scheduled for this upcoming Thursday morning in Washington, D.C. That's Thursday, September 27th. A U.S. House of Representatives subcommittee is gathering, and the meeting is going to be called Post-PASPA, an Examination of Sports Betting in America. So they're going to look at some of the impact and issues associated with sports betting and, and uh, potentially look towards setting up a federal framework for legalized sports betting moving forward. And more locally, at least where I'm at, in Illinois, there's also a hearing to discuss sports betting, and that's set for October 17th in Springfield. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Illinois, especially with the upcoming elections. And I think a lot of what will happen in Illinois and other states will largely depend on the election results. And also there in Chicago, even more locally, um, since Mayor Rahm Emanuel announced that he's not going to be running for re-election, the, the election for mayor coming up as well is going to have a huge impact on, on sports betting. So stay tuned. These are very interesting times for that. But for any breaking news on sports betting legalization, I highly recommend following Legal Sports Report. Uh, they're a really good follow on Twitter, and their website has tons of good articles and information on state-by-state uh, legal issues with related sports betting and also where things are federally. Yeah, buddy. So during the past few episodes, I promised that we would have some guests on the podcast moving forward. Something I'm very much looking forward to doing, getting some more voices heard here. And without further ado, let's move on to our first ever interview on the Doggy Juice Pod with a man by the name of Danimal. I hope you enjoy. Here it is. Yo! 
you time. All right, here we are. We got our first ever guest on the Doggy Juice Pod, Mr. Danable. What's going on, dude? Not much, not much. Just preparing for the weekend. Um, last day of work tomorrow, and then I'm gone forever. Yeah, dude. So this is actually the second most important thing you're gonna do all week because you're getting married this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Time has come to um, get married, and um, now try hiding bets even more. <laughs> How does that feel? Like actually being a few days away from such a big life decision. Yeah, uh, people keep life asking at, at work and whatnot, and like. I feel like I'm kind of comparing it to graduation, even though I obviously I don't know what to expect. But I feel like I always say when your like, name gets called in graduation and you walked across and did whatever, I feel like I blacked out for a good <laughs> and then you're just back at your seat. So right. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of preparing for that for a little bit and then just excited to party. Yeah, and then just get drunk afterwards. And it's exactly. a big day, dude. It's, it's funny. Like I was um, – so I was like looking at your wedding registry this week about like getting you, you – know, I was going to get you a wedding gift, obviously – and I kept thinking, like, oh, like this gift's one unit. This one's two units. <laughs> this one's 1.5 units. So I, I love, like, how, like, everyday life things can be reduced to just in terms of units. So I feel like, like that was, like, what I was doing today when I was looking at your registry. So probably just cut you a check for a few units depending on how my performance goes the next few days. But we'll see. Yeah, I'll tell Kate that. Yeah, so, and, like, you're planning the wedding. It's like, well, the DJ – DJ costs about eight units, wedding venue, like 70 units. That's going to be me someday when I'm a dad. Like yeah, photographer, for six units. <laughs> it used to be beers. It used to be like, oh, man, that bet was like four beers. Yeah. All right, well, let's just jump right to it because you're the first guest I got on here. So I don't know how this is going to go, but let's let's just see where it does. So I really quickly want to touch on how unwatchable the NFL is this year just because – like, I feel like this is always the case the past few years. It's only betting and fantasy that really gets people to watch. But, like, this year especially with the new rule changes, like, I thought the helmet rule was bad during the preseason. But now all these crazy penalties for, like, falling on a quarterback and no one knows what a tackle is anymore. And, like, that for betting, I can't, like, be comfortable with the idea of putting down my money on, on a bet where I don't, I don't know, like, what a tackle is. I don't even know what I'm betting on anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm a complainer, as everybody knows, but for the most part, like, <laughs> it's killing me. Like, and again, even it's going both ways. Like, the game on um, last night, like, I had one side, but it, it was bad both ways. It didn't even matter. But, like, there's 15 yards. Every drive is automatically there's 15 or 30 yards of penalties. And right. even on ESPN, like, usually they are pretty, like, straight line and never really bag on the refs. Even there, all of them, like every single everyone is starting to complain. Yeah, they're getting like annoyed. Even the quarterbacks themselves are coming out like, like, like that's ridiculous. This is not a penalty. And it's not really the refs. I don't blame the refs as much. I blame the rules themselves. And the refs are just, you know, calling. They're just following the rules. But then when you bring in that subjectivity, it, these things can change games. You know, like if a team's down trying to make a drive and it's third down and long, you're still waiting for that flag to come in the third down and long play on the rough and the passer, and all of a sudden it's a new first down. And that, I mean, yeah, people can't get any pressure on quarterbacks is hard enough, and right. you can't go hard at a quarterback. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be higher scoring games or whatnot, but I wouldn't see why not. you got to, like, put a sleeping bag under the quarterback as you're tackling him. You know, like, put a pillow under him as you're doing it. And, like, exactly. and you see the guy on uh, the Dolphins, Williams Hayes, tore his ACL trying to avoid Derek Carr. Yes, I heard that. I didn't see it, but somebody brought that up. 
And I mean, I don't know how you, I mean, they're going to have to, but like, it's going to be tough to switch one week and just be like, we're not calling that anymore. Even though nobody will complain, but it's going to be hard. They should. Like, I was actually listening about it. I was listening to a podcast that they were mentioning, um, in the NHL, I guess there was a similar issue a few years ago in the NHL, like for all their problems and for how shitty their commissioner could be sometimes, like they changed it right away. Like in the middle of the season, they realized they had an issue and they adopted a new, you know, they changed the rule on the fly. And I would love to see that in the NFL right now because this has gone way too far, I think. So, I mean, Jerry Jones is a, is a nutcase, but I mean, he even mentioned the NFL, like as simple as it sounds, I think the NFL should be a tougher league than college and tougher than high school. Right. And right now it's right. not. I mean, college is plenty like harder hitting and dirtier. Right. At least we know like what a hit is in college still. Like NFL, it's just, it's gone too far. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did something similar to the NHL and, or at least like wrote some kind of memo to the refs to kind of ease off. I don't even know how you do that though, because the, the rules, but I don't know. Yeah. It's frustrating, but. Anyway, I wanted to get that off my chest, but anyway, I, w- I want to quickly ask you, though, and I'm going to ask this of every guest I bring on, but when did you start sports betting, and like, what, what drew you to sports betting? I think I already know the answers to these, but how, like, when did you actually start betting? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, uh, when you asked me that question earlier, I was trying to think about it. It had to be early in college, probably, I mean, I'm sure I gambled in high school. Couldn't tell oh, yeah. you on what, when, or how, really, though. I'm I sure mean, you did. Yeah, exactly. But like truly like actually like I'm going to look at a line and then I'm going to go bet on it like on a site or something like that. That was definitely college. And it's funny to look back on it now because I would be sweating over like a $20 (laughs) bet in college. You would be like watching. You'd be refreshing it every 30 seconds. I remember (laughs) doing that for sure in college. And um, college is probably mostly – it was probably college football, college basketball, and NFL. I, I didn't really care about any other sports to gamble on and then the Super Bowl. But um, definitely college sports, given that you have so much downtime in college. And now I wish I cared more because, I mean, I'm sure you would agree. Like, you would have so much time to break down games as much as you would like. Oh, my God. I know. In college, it would just be like – I mean, I wouldn't pay attention to class anyway, but at least I'd be like – because I never got the girls I was paying attention to during class. <laughs> so I could have taken that time, like, checking out girls and staring at chicks – and actually put it towards something useful like this, I could have actually maybe made money in college. But (laughs) maybe we could do it all over again someday, but who knows? I mean, they also didn't really have, like, Instagram and stuff when we were in college, so who knows what we would have done if we were in college kids today. Still got in trouble. (laughs) I would have found a way to get in trouble, yeah. But but that's good, man. I mean, I know you know your shit, like, left and right on sports. Like, betting results might might not always be there, but you definitely know your shit. And uh, I had to bring you on first because you're probably – one of the biggest of gems I know. Oh, I'm an awful gambler. Yeah. I, I'm so bad. Like, I wish, I mean, everybody knows I'm bad. And, like, I know why I'm bad and I can't stop it. But, like, <laughs> it does, to your point, it drives me even more crazy that I consider myself pretty knowledgeable about games and sports. But it doesn't really correlate. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, you could be, you could know all the shit about all the teams and everything. But, like, not being able to figure out, like, the price, like, the market pricing and, like, the numbers that's what gets everybody in the end. Like there's a lot of dudes that know so much about sports, like more than you and I, but they suck at betting, you know? So I think that's like, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to try and like help guys with knowledge like us to at least try and think more when they bet. And that, you know what I mean? Like kind of use the numbers a little more, but it's going to be a long process, I think, but yeah, it's not easy. It's definitely not. No, if it was easy, everyone would make money sports betting, but that's not the case. But uh, anyway, so all right, we've got to play a game, and I've been thinking about this because you're my first guest. I want to make it cool. 
So this is what I came up with. Let's play a game where you find a $1,000 bill on the ground, but the catch is you have to bet it right away. And they actually looked it up. They don't even make $1,000 bills anymore, I don't think. Those are the old Grover Cleveland bills. Yeah. And actually, he was, interestingly enough, he's the only U.S. president to serve two non-consecutive terms in office. So you can tell that I did to your for trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Say that at the next cocktail party. But so we could call this the Grover Cleveland game, I guess. But you pick up $1,000. And so it's kind of like a free roll, but you have to bet. So you like a lot of these propositions I'm about to give you probably like wouldn't bet them because they're probably 50-50. But let's, uh, let's see where you go with them. With this hypothetical thousand dollars. Yep. So first one, who finishes? Man, the cops coming for you, dude? I don't know. Shit, they know. It's, it they was know, pretty stormy out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty storm. It was pretty stormy out there earlier, so I cracked all the windows here. Let me close it. Oh no, you're good. No, you're good. You're good. Funny. All right, start, start that question again. All right, so who finishes with more Ballon d'Ors, Messi or Ronaldo? And they both have five apiece right now. And I have to. You have to bet on one. You get, it's not your money. It's just $1,000. Yeah. It's a homer pick, obviously. But even reasoning so, I would have to go Messi. And I think um, the Juventus move is going to kill Ronaldo. Oh, that's a good angle. The I, don't is, know, I don't really know, know why. I just, I mean, again, I don't watch Italian soccer nearly as much. But, I mean, and they haven't had a star like Ronaldo in years. But, I mean. He's clearly heard he had issues there. I mean, it was like one Champions League game. And I don't know if the bottom of the competition is worse in Italy, so he can just crush it or what. But, I mean, his team was so loaded at Real as well. He's probably more under the radar in Italy. And also, Messi's a little bit younger, right? I think Ronaldo's like 32 right now. I'm 29, 30. No, it's 30, 32, maybe 33, 30. But I know that Messi's got a couple of years. I think he's two years or, yeah, it's about two-ish, I think. All right. I don't disagree with that one at all. Uh, this might be a sore subject. It is for me, too. But next one, Triple G or Canelo? Third rematch or the third fight? <laughs> Part of me, because I'm stubborn, I would go Triple G again. But at this point, I would have to be like, Canelo's not going to lose any of these fights, whether it's the judges or whether it's just the style. It seems like it's going to be a draw or he wins. Uh, well, it's, it's tough. Like we were saying on fight night, it's tough to – had in your scorecard for Triple G when you got 20,000 Mexicans standing behind you. But. Exactly. So I'd, go, I'd probably go Canelo again just because I think he's 2-0. Yeah, or draw and win. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So $1,000, you, you put it on Canelo? Yeah. Get a, probably get a better payout, too. Exactly. Have. All right, so this is not a political show, but this one, I, I got a little creative. Will Tiger Woods win a major while Trump is president? Um, they got a yes. double handicap here. <laughs> I think yes. And I actually saw the line. I think the line for Tiger to win a major next year is like 190 or 220 or something like that. I, I saw, I saw the no is minus 180, but they, I'm sure that is heavily. So the plus is, yeah. So the plus is like 190 to 210 then, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like plus, probably like plus 160 on the, on the other side. Yeah. So, um, I would say yes next year. Next year, interesting. Because I mean, you got in theory. I mean, there's the double handicap with Trump. I mean, Trump's at least just two more. Yeah, exactly. If he's got another term, then you should be good. But at the same time, Tiger's turned 43 this December. But and then when Trump gets reelected, there'll be plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. So you're picking yes there. Yes. All right. All right. Next one. 
Pick a side. The Patriots, Rams, and another team of your choice wins the Super Bowl this year versus Alabama wins the college football playoff. So either the, the past. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've talked about this. Oh, I'm going to go Alabama just because NFL is a lot harder, even though that's a really tough one because Rams Patriots are, I think the two favorites to win it all. So if you threw in the third, you probably have three of the odds that are pretty good, but I think Bama worse is going to be in the finals. Yeah. I agree with you there too, just because they're pretty much a shoe in for the playoff. Even if they, I mean, they could lose that one game and still get in and it's going to take like, not just one injury, but like, you know, like something absolutely tragic for them not to be there. So you're, that's a pretty good one. And even like last week, they were still plus money, and now some sports books have a minus two fifty, minus two twenty five. Yeah, I know a, we talked about that. That's a crazy. Cre- that's a crazy move. Like what in last week made people change their minds? Right. And like they were twenty six point, twenty four point favorites where we got the number. So it's not like they like won a game they weren't supposed to win or won a close one last week. Like last week, the line that they were dealing out at the plus price was factoring in the fact they're going to win that weekend. You know what I mean? It's just, I feel like people like finally saw the light or finally realized that offense is too good now too. And they didn't even know. cover. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. No, they didn't. They didn't. But I agree with that as well. I've probably done the same thing with my thousand. I think it was Kurt Herbstreit, and he. I mean, who knows? It'll hold true. But he tweeted in the beginning of the year after like going to some practices or preseason. He was like, because it was still Hurts or um, Tua, and he yeah. said he tweeted like, if Tua starts on Alabama, they will put up fifty points a game. Yeah, and people are like, okay, okay, like. Because usually they have, like, a 20-point game, and I'm pretty sure they're close because they scored, like, high 40s last week. Yeah, and I, I saw two as 5-2 to two to win the Heisman already. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much a shoe-in almost. All right, next one. This is actually an easy one. The Warriors versus the field this year. I already locked in the Warriors, I think, <laughs> really? for, like, minus 100. Right. I was, like, minus 110 or something. Minus but. one something. Yeah, so with 1000 bucks, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't disagree with that one. Um a couple more. Yes or no. Actually, I'm really interested to hear this one because you went to, to Arizona for college. Yes or no, a Pac-12 team makes the college football playoff this year? Um, unfortunately, no. I don't see how. Um, unless Washington runs the table and their only loss is at Auburn, which would be good. But the Pac-12 is not good this year. So they're going to have one maybe good win in the Pac-12. Um, I don't know how they make it. Stanford would be the only other one if they went out, but they got that, you know, they're playing at Notre Dame this week. And if they lose, I think they're four point dogs right now on that. So if they lose that game, you know, it might come down to one of those one loss teams. So if they meet each other in the, in the championship game, the Pac-12 championship, Stanford probably is better odds in Washington right now because if Stanford yeah. beats Notre Dame and beats Washington, they're basically – they only they, have to get in. Yeah, they'd have to win out to get in. But, yeah, it would, might come down to, like, if Stanford does lose this week or even, I guess, regardless, if they both won out or if Stanford did lose this week, maybe they'd still have an outside chance. But if they met in that whatever the Pac-12 North, North yeah. game, that might decide it, but they'd have to then win the Pac-12 championship. So. Yeah. I think it's going to be two SEC teams, the Big Ten team, and Oklahoma probably. Yeah, that's, that's the way it's shaping up. All right. All right, so the last one, you got your hypothetical $1,000, and you get to put it on, and the odds are all the same for this. The next Chicago team to win a title, that is not the Cubs. So not the Cubs. 
oh man, I don't think the Blackhawks have been good recently. This guy, unless they get Eric as the head coach, um, I would have to go. Shit. Would it be? I mean, White Sox in two years, three years? They have the best. They have the best farm system. I mean. I don't see the Bulls doing it anytime soon, especially with the Warriors, even though the Bulls don't really have the talent. Um, I think the Bears have a good defense, but I don't think the offense is there yet. And I feel like the Bears are weird in regards to their defense is ready now, but their offense is still one to two to three years away from being good. And I don't think Mitchell is a winner. Agreed. Agreed. But I mean, that's tough. The easy answer is probably the Bears, though. Yeah, just because of the NFL. Yeah, like in any given year, a team could just completely flip things around. And they've shown that they want to win now, so I could see maybe like next year being like a possibility, but you're still dealing with that NFC North with those, you know, the Vikings. As long as Aaron Rodgers is in the division, too. So, and the Rams would be good. Yeah. Yeah, I I go Bears there, too. All right. Well, that's it for the little game. But just before, before I let you go, I would like to get your what's your college football playoff prediction? Like the four teams and who wins it all. I mean, this is probably gonna be chalky, but yeah, um, I gotta go Bama, and I hate the Big Ten, so it's hard. Everybody says Ohio State's ridiculous, and I guess we'll see against Penn State this week how good they really are. Um, I would think it's depending on the matchup. I think Bama, Clemson, actually that quarterback. We're, I left Clemson out when I was talking about two SEC teams. Big Ten and right. Big Twelve. Clemson actually is starting that um, true freshman. They benched um, their current quarterback. Yeah, or, yeah, they, Brian or whatever. Yeah, so I don't, he, this, this white boy looks legit. So I'll go yeah. um, Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, and um, is it Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to. Oh man, Big Twelve. Big Twelve is not that good. No, I mean if, if they lose one, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's going to come down to them versus like a one-loss Georgia team if Georgia doesn't win it all over Bama, or even like um, West Virginia might have something to say about it. Like, not that they'll make the playoff, but they could. I think they could beat Oklahoma. Yeah, we'll so I'll, I'll go Bama, um, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and um, Oklahoma, and then I'll go Bama over um, Clemson. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's hard to go against Bama. No, exactly. Can't do that. Yeah, it's Clemson Bama for sure. And if you want on the Stone Cold Lock this weekend, it's Oregon is minus three at Cal, and I think they're going to blow them out, even though they're coming off that loss. Interesting. I was going to ask you that. Um, and I bet you hate that line, even though you probably haven't looked at well, it. Well, minus three. The thing is, like, I'm worried about that crush because that was probably the worst bad beat of the year, right? I mean, not even betting wise, but like win loss wise. Yeah, I don't think you you don't see them any worse than that. The way that Oregon lost that game, and I'm just worried about a total just emotional letdown after that game. Oh, exactly. That's they could lose by they could lose by twenty. Yeah. So even like number wise, if it makes sense, and I don't know off the top of my head, but like for that one, but that just screams like total letdown spot. Because like, imagine yourself like playing like a game where you're supposed to win and you just blow it like that. Like, how do you focus for the next one? So exactly. it'll come down to them being focused next week, but. All right, so that's the Danimal play of the week, then. We got that on record, too. So and I'll leave. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. oh, I was going to say, I remember when we were chatting earlier, um, you brought up, like, bad beats. And I this one bad beat that I'll go to my grave with, and I probably told you before. <laughs> and I can't remember the two teams, but it was, like, two or three years ago. It was a college football game. And I don't even know how big the bet was, but I'll never forget. The team I had was going in, 
and all I needed was a field goal or a touchdown, and both them covered. And there was like they're running out the clock, running out the clock. But they got to a situation where it was third and goal. I was getting stuffed twice on the one where they were going to, worst case, kick the field goal if they didn't get in because of the time left. Right. So, again, they got stuffed, and I was like, all right, field goal, whatever. A flag comes out of nowhere. A defender, out of the play, yanks somebody's face mask off, which means automatic first down, half the distance to the goal. Um, <laughs> team with the ball just takes a knee. It doesn't cover. Oh, my God. That's the worst. And there's no that's way for me to lose worst. other than a defender getting in a fight out of the play. The one thing we've noticed, and like, and I know that you know this, in terms of like bad beats and, and like any sport, never be surprised about anything because anything's possible. I think like we've seen it all over the years. Yeah, I'm like, I'm numb. I'm numb to it. Yeah, you got to get that. Yeah, I feel like you just got to tell yourself whenever that stuff happens, like, hey, had the right handicap. Bad beats are happening to me because I had the right handicap, and I'm not doing the bad beating as much because I'm a better handicapper. That's what I try to tell myself, but <laughs> it doesn't really still work. hurts. Yeah. All right. So I'll leave you with one last thing. What is your Super Bowl prediction right now? And this is probably going to change because the freaking NFL is. I mean, I heard someone make a joke about the NFL. Like it's like last week was like a Game of Thrones episode. Like you're like watching the you're watching the episode and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like I have no idea. I can't make any sense of this at all. Yeah. I mean, again, it's NFL is the one league as we mentioned. Like. It doesn't have to go chalky because it's the NFL, but I have to go Rams from the NFC because they've been pretty damn impressive, like scoring at will, and then their defense is plenty good enough. And the AFC, I knew it was weak all year, and I think it's awful. Um, I'm not going to go Chiefs just because they're obviously going to regress a little bit, and a lot of pundits have been saying that defense has been awful. I mean, they've been winning shoot, like that defense cannot run through the playoffs. Eventually, Mahomes will have a bad game in the playoffs, and the running game is good, but that defense can't win throughout the playoffs. Um, Jags, I don't think they'll ever win. I, it sucks, but I have to go. The Patriots are going to figure it out, and it's Rams over Pats. I don't see any other AFC team that could get there. Over Pats. You heard it here. <laughs> are, are you going to give yours? Um, so at, at the beginning of the season on this podcast, my, I think it was like the first episode, I said Vikings and Steelers. So, I mean, the thing is that looks terrible now, but things can change so fast in this game. So I'm I'm not going to like all of a sudden change it. I did. I locked down some of that Rams six to one last week. And I think it's I've seen anywhere between two to one and four to one now. Two to so, one. Yeah, I saw two to one today somewhere, wow. but I saw as high as four to one. But I mean, it's hard. They're my power rated highest team, the Rams right now. So I think until that point, you got to say they're going to go there as well. But so I, I, I agree with you there on Rams Patriots, but I'm not going to skip out on my Viking Steelers prediction now. Two weeks who's in, second, three weeks who, in. Who's two in power rankings right now? Of you, I, I, it's like a tie. I have to pull it up. Like I think it's, it's a really close one. I have the Rams like a point or two above the next cluster, but it's, it's, um, I'm trying to think like Patriots are there, Vikings are there, yeah, and it's just a cluster. It's the total cost. Like the Saints are not far off. I'm trying yeah, to like, yeah, the Chiefs are tough to, to figure out right now. I'm not upgrading them as much as others. So, you know, if you listen to the the full podcast after, you'll you'll hear the best bet for next week. But, but uh, all right, thanks yeah. for having me on. All right, man. Well, yeah, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for being the first guest. This is this is fun, and uh, I'll probably bring you back on at some point soon. All right, take care. Sweet, dude. Good luck this week. Thank you. You too. Bye.
All right. So to close out the pod, I'm just going to give you some quick look-aheads, some plays that I've already put into pocket for this upcoming weekend in football. The first one is the Denver Broncos at plus five at home on Monday night hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. That line is just way too inflated, and sports bookies know it as well, but they put it that way because they know there's only going to be one-way traffic on the money, and it's going to be everyone betting on the Chiefs. So I will gladly take the Broncos at anything over even three here, but four is great value in a plus five, which I have in pocket now. I think that's a great play. Um, that's saying that right now the Kansas City Chiefs would be favored by almost, what, 11, 12 points if this game was in Kansas City. Instead, it's in Denver on Monday night, and Kansas City's obviously coming in at 3-0. and Everyone loves them. But that Denver defense with that home crowd and the elevation – Getting five points, I think, is incredible value. So I've, I'm playing that one. I actually have the line at close to pick them. So that's you know about plus one. So getting tons of value on that play. I also, for the Thursday game, this upcoming Thursday night game, have the Minnesota Vikings in pocket at plus seven, minus 110. Um, there's no Tlaib and no Peters for the Los Angeles Rams. And this is a similar spot where the books know that all the money's going to come in on the Rams. It's going to be one-way traffic. So I'm going to take the value, the full touchdown with the Vikings. This line on the look-ahead was just three a week or two ago, and before the season started, it was even closer. This line's basically saying that the Rams are over four points better than the Vikings right now, and I understand the Vikings are have to do the travel, and they're on short rest, but that line just moved too far. So I'll gladly put the Vikings at plus seven in pocket for Thursday night. Um, other plays, and I, I'm using the old adage that in the NFL – you're never as good as you look one week, and you're never as bad as you look in another week. So with that in mind, I think that Jacksonville is a fantastic teaser candidate this week. Right now they're about minus 8.5, minus 9, but if you can get them at 8.5 and, and tease it down um, the 6-point teaser, tease it through the 7 and the 3 down to minus 2.5, just have them win the game outright pretty much to cash that leg of the teaser, tie that in with another one, I think that's a great move. Jacksonville teaser candidate this week on the bounce back. And also New England at under a touchdown at minus six and a half. Uh, the Dolphins have some defensive injuries, and the Patriots are off that double loss. I think you're going to see extra focus in the divisional game from Belichick. And laying less than a touchdown with New England at home with their really good home field advantage, I think there's value on that play, actually betting on the Patriots this week. So that's it in terms of plays I'm looking forward to uh, to for this upcoming weekend, but there will be more in my next podcast coming on Saturday morning. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to take a look at my best bets and trends and plays for college football Saturday and for NFL week four this weekend. So stay tuned for that get your plays in for the doggy juice challenge, your top five plays against the spread. And I will be back on Saturday. Hope you enjoyed the interview and this episode and I will be back soon. Take care. Doggy Juice out.